<clears throat> All right, here we are back with Fire the Coach, and uh, boy, I don't really know what to expect of this episode, um, but then again, that's how the Tigers have treated us, and that's how we're going to treat you. Um, not the best weekend for the Tigers, Louisiana sports in general, it was a rough weekend. Um, Auburn came in. Um, stole one from us in Death Valley in unspectacular fashion for their first win in Tiger Stadium since the 90s. So before all the kids who were at LSU were born, probably, <clears throat> the last time they did that. Um, so uh, I don't really know where to start. There's a lot to cover. Um, it's going to be mostly negative, so... Hopefully we can stay upbeat enough to keep you with us, but, you know, there's not a lot of good to say. I will say, right off the bat, the defense did play pretty well. They had a lot of issues that I'll get to in, uh, you know, into specifics about second half especially, but they were on the field a lot. They came up with some key stops. They played pretty well. The offense had some gouging offensive plays. Good plays downfield. Big plays, chunk plays. Butte played well. Besh played well. And at times, it seemed like we were going to go forward with Corey Kiner and actually move the ball on the ground a little bit. And that's all I got. That's my entire list of good things. <laughs> I mean, you you look at the game, there's basically eight and a half minutes left of the first half at home. You're up 13 nothing. You settled for a field goal from a drive that ended inside the 10. But you're firmly in control. And it was pretty much... All uh, blunders from there, I think. The game was in hand. The crowd was pl uh, playing into it, and uh, it kind of fell off after that. Tell me a little bit about what your thoughts are early in the game. Um, early in the game, I thought Keishon Butte played well. I mean, early in the game, it was, it was like, all right. They were, I was like... 50-yard pass, 55-yard pass to Keishon Butte. Great pass, great play. Um, touchdown then to follow that up, finish that drive strong. Uh, and then it was just more of the same. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's about all the positive. That, Keishon and the wide receivers played a fantastic game. Um, touchdown pass to Keishon was a really good pass. At first, I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but going back and watching it from other angles, it was a good pass. We threw it over the right shoulder this time. Um, outside of that, people wonder why I'm always so negative when it comes to LSU, and I think this is the perfect example of why. Going into this week, I was very positive, or I had a very positive outlook on it, but I was still a little worried. Um, LSU being favored in the game had me worried. Well, you and, knew we were going to lose when everyone picked us on game day. Yeah. That's when you know. Because that's the thing, right? It's, it's LSU's going to disappoint you, 
and then they're going to surprise you, right? They're going to they're going to beat the teams that they're not supposed to beat. They never meet go, expectations. <laughs> never, never, <laughs> unless it's 2019. We're just gonna. Uh, it's it's so frustrating to watch, because watch them end up like winning this week by like 14 points. It's gonna like something crazy is gonna happen, or they're gonna get skull fucked. Excuse my language. Well, yeah. So real quick, listening. before we get too far into the negatives, where that we, you know, this may happen again. I'm gonna just let y'all know. <laughs> if you weren't aware by the other pods, this uh, this might be an explicit laden pod, just given the nature of what we had to watch. And um, this isn't a family friendly podcast. <laughs> all right. After last weekend, I can say all the fucks I want because it's warranted. Yeah. And. You know, we don't have a family, so yeah. And there's no. I got a dog, and you got a dog, <laughs> and believe me, my dogs heard me say worse than fuck. Well, so. and my my wife doesn't listen to the pod, so we don't. Neither have to worry does about my that. girlfriend, so I think we're all good. <laughs> I think anybody that's listening to this, you clearly have no life, and you just want to be tortured, and are still a fan of LSU football. So, well. You know, it is good to. It's kind of like going to the bar with us on Wednesday, but you're hearing us talk about Saturday. Yeah, and we got the benefit of being a few days removed because me at the bar Saturday was much worse than I will be today, having absorbed everything. Yeah, very so, good point. Very so, good point. All right, so let's dive headfirst in because we're gonna have to just talk about the bads. It. it it sounds like you're done with the goods. I mean, my good list had one. My ten, my my bet, my what I didn't like has about ten on it. So okay. Um, well, why don't we you. start with your first ones, and we'll see kind of if there's an overlap. Okay. But tell me, well, the I don't first know thing you... that jumped off the board to okay. me in terms of things that I didn't like, and it wasn't like an overarching thing. It was just the defense's inability to tackle Bo Nix in key situations. Um, was was something that was just very frustrating as a fan to watch because they did play well, but they didn't necessarily play well when it mattered. Um, and a lot of that was because Auburn was just going to gamble and like roll the dice. How many times did they go for it on fourth down? It was just like, okay, that's a hard thing to play against a quarterback who is relatively mobile um, and shifty and have to survive four down territory drive after drive it's it's a hard thing to to keep that going um but that was one thing i didn't like yeah so that's basically where we got to at the end of the first half right bonix had a couple of crazy plays that led to a touchdown which i mean literally they'll probably watch that for a couple years in auburn they don't have a lot going on um so they'll probably you know that's going to be running for for the next few years Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then they had a, he had another ridiculous play, scrambling and throwing across his body yep. downfield that led to a field goal. And like I said, game in control at home with eight and a half left in the first quarter. Yep. Now it's it's thirteen ten. We haven't done anything. They have all the momentum. So much so that <laughs> that they get gutsy. They come out for an onside kick in the to start the second half in right? our place. Like that's how much they were starting to feel it. Uh, and again, it goes to your point about playing with house money. They don't have high expectations for the season. Neither do we. But the point being is their coaching staff obviously had a better feel for the game than ours did. 100%. 
And that leads me to one of the bigger points that I had as an issue was just the overall failure of the coaching staff again on the offensive side of the ball. I I I can't understand what's happening. It was a giant monumental failure. I I watched at a bar with no audio. I was with people. I was having a wonderful evening. It was my dad's birthday. <laughs> we were having glasses of Chardonnay. Oh, it was wine, lovely. The wine was <laughs> flowing. We had just eaten a, a tremendous meal at the Pelican Club. Cocktails, magnums of wine. My father's enjoying his birthday. I have friends and family from out of town. And I'm sitting at the chart room fuming because of two unbelievable inexplicable things and i don't know if there's an answer for this my first one is this is later in the game like both of these are second half issues but I, i i don't even have the words to really get it out their touchdown to take the lead Mm -hmm. to put it to 24-19 the biggest drive of the game for our team now at that point in the game because we're down now they kick it off they kick it the play in (laughs) you you stole mine they can't you stole mine well like you go ahead and rant but how how does that happen how do you not have a play ready for the biggest drive of the game and then they said they were trying to change it at the line after getting the play in late. Yep. That's inexcusable. That is an inexcusable... And this is like an argument that I've been having recently with someone I love and care about deeply. Um, blah, 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 blah. They are related to me. Who says... Who's trying to give this offensive coordinator every benefit of the doubt and believes that he's a great offensive coordinator. That he's not he necessarily the problem. That well, it's probably the offensive line and the off, and everything starts and ends with the offensive line. Wrong. Yeah, no, he... Incorrect. He's definitely... Incorrect. A problem. This is the reason why you do not hire someone who's never called a play before on any level of college football. This is the reason why, because they have no experience doing it. And and the other person I'm talking about says, well, his schemes are really good. His schemes are basic schemes. They are very... They're not... They're not evolutionary, revolutionary to the game of football. They're not. And then you, I, I, I saw today um, when I was going through Twitter, and this tells you how bad this guy is. That Coach O is considering bringing Steve Ensminger back to put him in the box to assist in play calling. Because oh, that's how fucking bad this dude is. I didn't see that. Okay. That it legit was on interview. I watched the interview, the question and answer, and he said that idea has been floated around actually. That tells you every, that this guy is just inexperienced. Like, it'll come with time, but guess what? We don't have time. Last year, we were ter- we were bad enough. We don't need to just, oh, we'll give this guy time for him to mature. You don't come to LSU for you to like find your own and develop as an offensive coordinator. That's not how this works. You come here with a skill set, and then this place allows you to excel because you have better athletes from everybody else. This isn't like how Stella got her groove back and he's got to come down to this level to find out how to call fucking offensive plays. 
It's 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 a dumpster fire, and I and it really the onus falls on Coach O for making such a terrible hire at this. At, I just don't understand it. I don't understand how because he had a pedigree of coaching with 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 Joe Brady. Joe Brady did not call the plays at LSU. He didn't. So what are we doing here? Because he brought the scheme back, he he then installed Joe Brady's offensive. I'm sorry, play passing game. Like that's just I don't. It's inexcusable. Well, it's it's certainly. You can tell this guy is bad because and I'm gonna throw a stat out there. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm no, going off go, on my tangent. No. Look, this but is what this spot's gonna is, be about. This is this is the this is part of the crux of this whole thing is that they came came in and Coach O, which who fucking knows if he knows what's going on on offense, saying that we want to establish the run this week. We're gonna establish the run. They have a fucking running back who's averaging 5.2 yards per carry, 5.2 yards per carry, and they just neglect to run the fucking ball. And you can do it in this style of offense because we did it in 2019 in that style of offense to where we didn't line up under center. And Clyde Edwards, hilarious. we could still establish the fucking run. It's just a complete, it's total neglect of doing it because this guy's never called plays before. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. My, I have it circled, underlined, starred. Where did Corey Kiner go? Because in the second half... When it seemed like we were nervous about them coming, when you back, want to run the ball, he when you want to run the ball because you're up. Well, early in the second half, he was doing fine, and then he disappeared. It was like they they like I don't know if they're protecting him, but 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 you can't. You have to win games. There was a there was a stretch where we ran twelve straight pass plays with a two point lead. We punted three times. Yep, at home. That. Is I I'm running out of adjective to describe how I mean it's borderline dumb like like just a like a dumb guy yelling at the screen could you be could like, you could legit just hire the best ball. Madden player and have them call better offensive plays than what we're witnessing. Well, it's just it's, just just do it at some point. It, like just watch it. Like I'm standing. I'm staring at the bar in disbelief that an LSU team at this point, at this stage of the season, and the guy was running well yeah. on Saturday. It yeah. was not even like they were like, I don't know, he hasn't really blah blah blah. Like he if you if you look at the plays that he made, he made difficult plays on short yardage situations, yep. he was getting it. Yep. Even if the line didn't protect, he was falling forward, he was making plays. How do you go away from that? For, like, even if your scheme says otherwise, like, you have to do it when you're winning. You have to. You just you, have to have some level of balance. You have to balance. control the game. There has to be some level of balance there because... Well, because then the defense, defense is on the defense field. Is like, yeah, your defense is on the field, but your offensive line needs a fucking break from pass protecting. Let them pin their, their ears back and go fucking run the ball. Yeah. Like, try and be aggressive and try and get them to toughen up in that... In that, that uh, Respect because just having this one dimensional offense, and this is part of the reason why every time we get into the fucking red zone, or I'm sorry, yeah, every time that we were in the red zone last weekend, we didn't, we either didn't score, or we got fucking three points because the touchdown to Kayshawn was way outside 25 yards. So it, that's the other major issue is that you continually settle for three points inside the fucking opponent's red zone, and it's like you need. You 
You, we said it last week. I said it last week. If you continue to do this, you will lose. You will continue to lose if you continue to settle for three points. It's not gonna. It's not a recipe for success at any level of football, let alone the SEC. It's not. You're you're gonna fail every time because you're gonna allow these teams. When if you would have gotten, you would have gotten 24. You would have had 31 points. Or if you had just gotten a touchdown, just one touchdown instead of fucking three points, you you the game would have been different. Look, you're going to get no argument from me. I mean, I will say there was one drive in the red zone where Max Johnson tried to hit Deion Jones yep. uh, in Smith. the corner. Deion Smith. My, yeah, yeah, and he dropped it. And yeah. he dropped yeah. it. Yeah. It yeah. actually was a good ball. It was a good ball. Um, but, no, I mean, you know, th- this team has, if, if there's anything that people who don't watch every game can take away from this, this team cannot finish games. In my opinion, it's because they can't run the ball. But a good portion of it is them not converting red zone trips. They can't finish There's zero games. faith. There's zero UCLA, faith in their offensive coordinator. It's, it's abundantly clear. UCLA, they couldn't manage to hold on in the second half. Mississippi State last week, even a game that we were kind of feeling good about, they almost blew that yep. one. This game, they started off in control. They started the second half getting momentum back, and then they they just let Auburn do whatever they wanted. They passed all these times. They punted every, every almost every drive, it seemed like. And then the defense is on the field trying to chase this jackass, running around in circles. Yeah, that's, a, lot, that's a tall task to ask your, ask your secondary to cover these dudes while he's running around in circles. Yeah, I there. mean, they're co- trying to cover for eight seconds, and then you're starting to see the missed tackles because these guys on the line are running around yeah. chasing them, and then they got to get up, and then they got to do this. I mean, you have to at least, at least in deference and respect to your defense and what effort they're doing, you have to run the ball. You have to control some of the clock. And allow those guys to refresh. Because if you're not going to convert touchdowns, you better at least control the clock so that they can have some time and do what needs to be done to win if you're not going to convert the way that you should. Yep. So, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I mean, the play calling's bad. The um, inability to get a play in on time is just inexcusable. Yeah. That is an inexcusable thing. And it is... It, it, after a kickoff, you can't get the fucking play in time. And, of course, we went one week against Mississippi State where we stopped fucking doing it or doing it to the level of which we were doing it, and then we go right back to it. And it's just, stop stop trying to not make mistakes and call the fucking perfect play because it doesn't work. That When you start doing that, the defense just holds up from what they're going to roll into. Whatever whatever game you're playing, you're still allowing the defense time for them to shift into something else. It makes sense when you catch them in a in a miss when they miss when they bring out the wrong players per your personnel. Yes, then you want to do that. But if they don't do that, then like pick your play and then go with it. You like you cannot continue to do that. It's not a recipe for success. It will never be successful as you continue to do that. Mike Leach and Chip Kelly, guys who originated this fucking offense, don't do that anymore. They didn't do it against LSU. 
You pick your play, you have one or the other, and then you get to the line and you pick it. You, you, you let the quarterback decide, or he looks to you and you decide. It's not get to the off, get to the fucking the line and then look, look back, look. All right, they're shifting. All right, look back over here. Oh, they shifted again. Oh, now we're totally fucked. Simple. You need to make it more simple. Keep it simple, stupid. It's that I, I just don't understand. It's once again, I think it's because someone's never seen play calling in true practice, so they're just doing what they think what they think would work, and it's never and it doesn't work. They're trying something out that's never worked. It it should be simpler, and it needs to be simpler because we don't have the offensive line. We don't. For the most part in my mind, although I think Max Johnson's played fairly well, at least as well as we could have expected, I mean, if anyone's met expectations, not exceeded them, and maybe, you know, is flirting with underwhelming, but he's right in that that middle tier uh, where he's not at, you know, opposite ends of the Mm -hmm. spectrum. He stays consistent and is consistently He's not competent enough for us to be doing complex reads at the line with multiple plays. Look, as a person who in real life suffers from decision paralysis, <laughs> it doesn't help if you are paired with someone who either doesn't know what they're doing or also has decision paralysis. Like, one of you has to be the grown-up in the room, and one of you has paid the money to do it, and that guy is not doing his job. And again, this is not an indictment on the guy's whole career. This is his first stop, but the point is that we... That doesn't eliminate you from being scrutinized to the level of the program that you are under charge of. Yep. So you are the offensive coordinator here. We know all the stuff. We've been over it, and we're going to keep going over it as unless he starts getting it right. It doesn't alleviate you of the scrutiny. You are still under the scrutiny of the job you took and then the performance your team puts on the field. He's not up to snuff. This is the first week where I really, really, really feel let down in a in a in a major way by by what happened and 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 the communication issues, the fact that it's a home game, it's an SEC game. I I just you know I I don't know what to I don't do think. It. Here's the first one of the podcast. Fire the fucking coach. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think that he makes it the rest of the season. I think as it gets as it gets harder and it go, like it progresses, he will get he will get relieved of his, of some portion of his duties, whether it's bring Steve Ensminger in. But th- like I, well, the fact they're even talking about that, yeah, is, I, is a really bad. Like, that's a really holy bad shit. That's a bad. Someone must be listening to the podcast because Jesus Christ, or I don't. I just I. That's a really bad sign. You get inside anytime the field has to shrink or we get into a crunch situation, the offense ends up folding because there's only there's only so much your offensive line can do when you refuse to establish the run the run game, and let alone when you get inside your opponent's fucking twenty yard line and they know you can't run the ball or they know you have a complete reluctance to run the well, ball. Well, they dropped seven or eight and, all night. And Yeah, and when you drop seven or eight all night and, you're, and you only have fucking 30 yards to play with, 
Uh, that's a lot of that's a lot of room, or that's not a lot of room for each fucking defend, defender to cover. So it shrinks that field, and those windows get much smaller. It makes it harder on everyone. That includes yeah. Max Johnson. Yep. That includes when everyone's asking what happened to Butte in the second half. Well. They drop seven. Two of them are on him. Yeah. <laughs> There's only a few guys running the routes. You, you, you have to do something to hedge. You have it, it. It's from the dawn of time of football. Mm-hmm. You have to do it. Yep. Like even if you don't want to, even if it's not. The only teams that have ever been able to do it and have been successful at doing it was fucking June Jones at Hawaii in the fucking earth, like from 2005 to 2009. Were the only teams that were ever successful at fucking not running the ball, or I'm sorry, Texas Tech with with uh, what was it Cliff Kingsbury was well, with the air yeah, raid. Baylor had but that like, air raid it's, a little it, bit. Like, but those were teams Leech. playing not against fucking good Mike Leach. I'm sorry, Mike Leach at Texas Tech. Yeah, uh, those were the only teams that have ever really done it. And they they refu- their their and they their run plays were fucking yeah exactly they didn't they, you know, they didn't win anything. The SEC's winning titles. None of those teams won titles. Our, our design run plays are like tunnel screens, which I fucking hate that play. But hey, that's that's what we try and do to to run the ball to establish our own running. Game. It's it's silly. It doesn't make sense. It's frustrating. I'm frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Very, frustrated. very frustrated. Frustrated. Yeah. Well, we did block a field goal. We did block a field goal. I forgot that in the good. I was just scra- uh, scratching through everything we'd gotten through. We did block another field goal. And we did Special get three teams. points after it. Special we teams. Got, we got points after it. We didn't get seven. We got three. But um, Johnson had another fumble. Lack of awareness on the pocket from that's behind. Exa- that's, that was my next note of that was lack of awareness. You, know, you can say the offensive line failed on that play, but no. If you tuck and step up, and if you step up, then step out. You have to have that internal clock to know I'm stepping right in front of where this guy was. Like he is turning around and coming right back at me, and you need to have fucking two hands on the ball, or you take off and run. You either step up and then and then flush your way out and get rid of the ball, or you take off and run. Mm-hmm. And you definitely keep fucking two hands on the ball because you know he's behind you. And that's that'll come with time, I guess. Is his pocket presence, hopefully. But I, he's also slower than a fucking ice wagon, so I can see why he doesn't want to take off and run. Another argument I've been having with people is they think that he's not that slow. And it's like, I don't know what the fuck you're looking at because he is slower than an ice wagon. He is quite possibly the slowest player on the field at any given time. He's slower than his offensive lineman. Well, it, he just... It, it's just situational awareness. And the thing is, the gap between a good quarterback and a and a... And a and a great quarterback, and a great quarterback, and like a Heisman quarterback, it's only a few plays. It's only a few decisions, and it's uh, especially as you get higher and higher, it's these few mistakes and little things that those guys don't do that you still do. A great quarterback has two hands on the ball. Maybe he gets sacked. Yep. Joe Heisman, Burrow, Joe Burrow yeah. was the type of dude that two hands on the ball yeah. and he escapes somehow and escapes it. Right. But he was also older, wiser, had more time to prepare. New and Well, he had more games under his yeah. belt, sure. But the point being is that those little things, and this happens even at the NFL level. I can't remember which quarterback was talking on an interview the other day, but he was talking about how he would be in camp and the the team would bring in a new quarterback and they were like 
or or he came in as a quarterback as a backup and he was competing for the job and the uh the the quarterback coach would just be like you're good on 36 out of the 31 snaps we have but then there's two or three plays where you're just off script and throwing picks i need you to get rid of that like if you can just get rid of those two plays a game you there's no reason you can't play in this sure. league and he ended up being a journeyman who never got to play in the league because he never overcame that that hurdle i don't know that we should have higher expectations for Max Johnson. I think he's exactly what we expect, and this is exactly what we're going to I think he'll get better as time goes on. I really, I honestly do believe that. I just don't think he's there yet. I don't think he was meant to be the starting quarterback, as I stated before. Um, But I think our expectations are reasonable. I'm not lighting him up about, like, as much as I did in the beginning of the season because that that UCLA game was trash. Um, But I think he has gotten better since then. Um, I think the thing that it all comes back to the offensive play calling is just abysmal. Um, Well, um, we're getting to that middle of the pod point. How many... uh, I got one more thing left on what I want to talk about. It's just the final interception on fourth and six. I think you just have to... Now, granted, he had somebody bearing down on his face you got to just make a, at least a better attempt to get it to your guy and not sail it high. Now, it was a, it was a punt on fourth and six, so good job. But <laughs> it is it is that last your last attempt to really get the feel get get your team like a new set of down fresh set of downs. Uh, you got to at least keep the ball and somewhat uh, give your guy somewhat of an opportunity to make a play. But other than that, yeah. Other than that, it was. I, Full disclosure, everyone. I did go to bed um, in the beginning of the fourth quarter, but I obviously got caught up on it the next day. So offensive line also wasn't great by any means, um, but that's par for the course, as this year has shown. Yeah, it was it was a tough game to watch, and and then even the catch up on the rewatches and taking the notes. It it was this was the most difficult week. Uh, I've had him prep for the pod. Uh, I didn't want to do this. It was like I, I was just <laughs> like, can we just skip this week? Because it was that's the like. What's no, we got to do it. The people yeah. are demanding it. Yeah, we got to keep coming. out I here. just want you to know, I didn't want to do it this week. And I know. I, I forced. Um, not you, the listener. Out there, <laughs> this is for you. I guys. did not want to do this. We're doing this for you. But we, I committed to doing it, so we're doing it. And this is why I. And this is a little glimpse into why I feel the way that I feel about LSU football all the time. Well, this is the first time because uh this is the first time I've done a pod this at this frequency. Mm-hmm. It is the first time that I start to understand people who do pods you know this much. Yeah. How how much you can how big the margin of of your emotional range will be from pod to pod sure where you listen to a guy one week and then you listen to him the next week and you're like good lord <laughs> like it seems like he just you know is uh, kind of off the Guy's rails a fucking on, head case yeah, Jesus. Like, what's, what's going on somebody he's, give him my therapist's he's, number <laughs> he seems so reasonable and like articulate and now he's raving and anyway the the the, the, the yeah the bad news is and the reality is and LSU fans need to just if for your own sanity and for your own feeling good, 
just know that we will not be favored in another SEC game for the rest of the season, barring some bizarre uh, flipping of the script. This team is absolutely a middle-of-the-road 500 team. Not because of talent. No, Because I think that they're slightly up from there. I think that they are uh, an extremely competitive team, but there is no chance that they will be favored in any game going forward, barring some monumental shift in what we've seen, particularly out of the offense. So just we'll try to do it ourselves. (laughs) We'll try to temper our expectations, but just keep that in mind as we go forward. I mean, Uh, this could – LSU has – they could very, very, I mean, not very well. I, I would put money on it that they're going to have the first losing season since 1999, which is sad, but because they shouldn't be, not with the talent that they have. They, they should not have. I mean, Kentucky, I think it's honestly, I, this, like I said, I think this could be the game that, that they do with that, what they fucking are known for doing and win the game they're not supposed to. They gotta go. They gotta play against Florida the following week, which, I mean, up in the air. Ole Miss up in the air. Alabama, we all know who's fucking winning that game. I think we all know who's gonna win the Arkansas game. Yule Monroe, still up in the air. Um, <laughs> Texas A&M, who knows? But I, I, I'm trying to see if there's. I mean, they should be able to win five games. Oh yeah, they should. I mean, they should. More. They should definitely be able to win five games with the rest of this schedule. Should be able to happen. Wait, is that two more or three more? Are you talking about two SEC more. games? Two more or just no? Total? Just they should okay. be able to have five wins total. Yeah, but yeah. UL Monroe, maybe um, <laughs> Texas A&M. That might be actually a sneaky dark horse good game. Um, we're still too early to tell, but yeah, it very well are going to have a losing season unless we get to a position to where. Uh, what is it? How's the math on this? So we're through five weeks. I'm sorry for doing this math out loud. I know this is really boring. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So we could still seven, eight. We could still hypothetically. Well, we could make it to a bowl game. I think all you need is five wins to make it to a bowl game. But we could have a losing record in the regular season and still get to 500. Is my point? I guess I'm getting way ahead of myself. Don't. I hope y'all aren't listening to that. But Anyway, you have anything else to add on this week? No, uh, I just want to. I, I did. There. I did want to. You know, we were trying to do segments. We did the most drip, least drip last week. Yep. There's no drip. We're not going to talk no. about it. Nobody had anything going on. It was all bad. Um, I did have a plan for an award. I was going to do worst player with the best game, and then best player with the worst game. My worst player with the best game was Bo Nix. It's fun to hate on him. I still think he's not very good. And I don't care what happened Saturday night. He had a great game. He's not a good player. He's the worst player with the best game, in my opinion. Agreed. Best player with the worst game, I don't have anybody. Our good players played pretty well. Yeah. It was it was just that our coaching staff let us down, and uh, we let off the gas, and we couldn't finish a game yet again. Yep. So the only other thing I had, and this is one I'd like to try to do every week, but unfortunately I wasn't in front of the TV set quite as often as I'd like to be this week. 
But I do have a segment that I'd like for us to keep doing going forward, and it's called Dumb Things Said by People Paid to Say Things. <laughs> and uh, every week I would like uh, to have at least one something that someone said on TV that's paid to money to talk on TV. You have a good one. I didn't and get a good one this week. I was super busy this weekend. No, we just it, it it's fine, but you know, Gary Danielson is a gold mine. Oh, this is so good. He's I a forgot gold how good this one is. Yes. For this type of thing. This dude gets paid and millions I, of dollars to just say nonsense. I imagine things. that I could just plagiarize from just cherry pick his script from the 230 game every week and that we maybe we'll just call it the Gary Danielson award. Um and we'll just tell you if it's not him on the chance that right. someone else gets it. <laughs> Gary Danielson in the Alabama Ole Miss game during a play where Alabama's driving, the quarterback throws a strike into the middle of the field, and Gary Danielson, guy paid lots of money to say things, proceeds to tell his audience of people watching the 230 SEC football game. So people presumably that know something about football. Mm-hmm. He tells them that specific to the zone defense, he's going to give you the key to beating the zone defense. Lay it on me, Gary. He says, the key to beating a zone defense is driving the football and accuracy. Yeah, drive the football and be accurate, man, just to beat him. What a solution. Also, I didn't know that was specific to zone defense. Well, against man, I think the best way to beat man is to loft, loft the ball and just throw it wherever. Okay. You know, so, I think that's the the best way to beat man is to loft straight in the air and just hope for the best. I think. Soft and inaccurate. Soft and inaccurate. But if it's, it's zone. But if it's zone, you want to yeah, drive yeah. it, drive it in there and be accurate. Yeah. So so something I didn't know, and uh, so I learned something that's from Gary Danielson. And it's that you don't have to get paid millions of dollars to us. Um, you know, we get paid nothing, and we can sound like idiots. He can get, he, right. he can go all the way up the ladder and get millions of dollars and sound like an idiot. And that's my dumb things said by people paid to say things this week. That's great. That's a. Great we will uh, we will continue to update that. And like I said, that's a long winded title. We may change it again. Like I said, to the Gary Danielson Award. And we'll just give it out every week. And like I said, we'll we'll just clarify if it wasn't actually him who said it. Yeah, I like this idea. So I don't really have much for next week. I I know that we we I tried to prepare a little bit for it, but I, there's not really much to say in my opinion about what what's going to happen because I have no earthly idea <laughs> what's going to happen. I'm just gonna I want to be like everybody else and just sit there and fucking just watch. absorb it. Yeah. Just let it happen. Just let it hit me in the face. and. Well, okay. Well, then I, maybe I'll drive this a little bit. Yeah. I have a few more things as we get into Kentucky. So Kentucky, we got to go on the road, I believe, right? It's in Kentucky, huh? Yeah. Okay. So we're on the road. Kentucky just beat Florida in a very emotional win. They beat a top 10 team. They're undefeated. Um, and having come off this game... You'd think that I would be defeated. I actually, I actually like this matchup. I really do. I'll tell you what I don't like. What I don't like is that they have a good rushing attack from what I've seen statistically. 
And against a team like Florida, they ran the ball well, which scares me. They did. They had a good offense. They had good offensive line play, um, and they ran the ball well. They will be at home, and they also play very clean. What I mean is that they have almost no penalty. I think they had like three penalties in the whole game against Florida. They are a very, very, very well coached, low penalized team. So those are things that. Uh, are unique as an LSU fan. You're just mm-hmm. like, huh, that's interesting uh, that teams can actually get away with doing that. Here's the good, though. As an optimist, I'm going to tell you what's good. Their D-line play I don't think is very special. All right. I really don't. The Florida quarterbacks are not accurate, and while they're talented at moving around, I don't think that they're that great. I also don't think their receiver play is up to the level that ours is. I think they're a more balanced football team, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think that we might be able to exploit them a little bit on that because Florida gouged them at times, and I don't think that... I mean, I think their quarterback had almost 75% accuracy, and I don't think that guy's that good. I mean, they were talking about him in the Bama game, and they were like, I mean, he has like... I don't know. At that time, he I think he had four touchdowns and like six picks or something. Mm-hmm. Like he's not known for accuracy, and he had a few picks in that game too. But I I do like that. I like to know, and I I also like getting a team who just came off of a very emotional win versus a team who came off uh, a loss that's going to piss you off. Yeah, I like that matchup in our favor. Uh, the last thing, even in that win, Kentucky only mustered. I think, like, un- it was still under I think two hundred fifty yards of total offense. So they're not gonna they're not gonna blow the doors off like a team that would scare me. You know, mm-hmm. like I-, I think we there are a lot of teams we'll have trouble keeping up with. I don't think that this is one that that's going to be the case. Yeah. So Kentucky is opened at minus three. The last place I checked. In the NFL, that tells you that's basically just the home line. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know. I think it maybe it's maybe it's me just trying to get some enjoyment out of out of forecasting. Maybe it's not super logical outside of those small things that I, you know, kind of just picked up on uh, by looking at a few things. But I, I don't know. I, and and, and it very, may very well be what you're talking about with LSU where you're just like, well, shit, this is a game. It'll this be is the that one game. to where regardless, this whether win or lose, I'm still <laughs> going to be pissed off and disappointed in it because it's just I pro- I, that's just the way that I am. Because they'll win the game that they like really have no business winning, but they'll lose the game that, they're, that they should win. And it's just incredibly frustrating. Or they lose, and I'm still disappointed because they lost. Yeah. Um, so, I think that so, what you'll no see. Win. I think what you'll see is that they'll run the ball this week. They'll actually run the ball or try and establish a run over under seventy five yards rushing, and they'll week. stop the check with me stuff because okay. it's the last. Like to, it's it is really this is the this is the game to where the offensive coordinator gets asked to step. Down. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you to put your money where your mouth is. We'll we'll we'll, we'll uh, what I'll play do is we'll we'll do the we'll we'll play it back play back the tape next week. Over under 75 yards rushing for LSU this week at Kentucky. Over. Over. I'll take the over. I you think got they're going to do everything they can to try and salvage any sort of moral victory this week. Okay. I don't think it's, uh, yeah. They, they, 
they know how bad they are. So they're going to just try and see if they can do it. And maybe they can, maybe they can't. But I think that they know this season is slowly slipping out of their hands. And with a loss this week, it's fucking gone. I'm shocked that you actually went over. I, I'll agree with you. I, I think the the outcry from the fan base after what uh, Corey Kyle How many was, more times can, can Coach O say, I take full responsibility for how bad this team plays? Well, I don't know what else he's supposed to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, what? Uh, I mean, that's what the head coach, what is he going to say? This guy sucks, this guy sucks. You know, yeah. it is ultimately his responsibility, and I... I honestly don't mind. I know it's. I know it's. It gets tired, and you're sick of hearing it. You're like, okay, but do something then. Mm-hmm. And and that's the the half that he hasn't delivered on this season is okay. But what are you going to do about it? He did do it last year when his back was against the wall. He went through a, a couple of superior opponents and won games at the end of the season. They yep. beat Florida. The frustrating part about about this fucking team, right? So you know, but you know, I don't mind him being accountable because. Too many people aren't, and that's what we're asking of him. Now, now, what he has to do beyond that is now fix it, though. Yeah, it's not enough to just say, "Hey, you're right, I'm wrong, I I need to get better." It's mm-hmm. like, okay, but then you have to deliver on the "I'm going to get better." Yep, and we need to see that, and we need to see it on the offensive coordinator. And look, if that's bringing in Ensminger to assist and get more input on actually creating a scheme that allows the team to go out and just run plays I I, I honestly don't care like I, I like we could talk about when if and when we fire this OC and mm-hmm. if and when he keeps his job or whatever but if you're gonna you know if it's as bad as it is now I don't care bring in whoever you want let them talk in the ear I don't care have a whole committee but as long as there are plays called on the field and we get execution that's what i think this team seems to lack in the big moments is execution and i think it's because of the uncertainty around the play calling mm-hmm. if we could ju- if they knew what was going out then they could just focus on executing yep. and it's something that they they just need to get better at but all that said i do like i do like the game this week i think we actually win and you know then then we're just one of these teams that's just going to go through the SEC schedule and everyone, including our fan base, is going to be afraid every week of whether we're going to ruin, like our opponents are going to be afraid if we're going to ruin their season and our fans are going to be afraid that we're going to ruin our own season. And that's going to be what LSU is this year. I think the ceiling is, you know, we (laughs) upset a team that's in a good position to play a big game. Mm Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, all right. Well, um, you like LSU this week? Sure. I like LSU this week. Final thing to do now. Do we need to fire the coach? Someone needs to get fired. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's head coach. Someone, I know who needs to get fired. Offensive coordinator needs to say, see you later, man. This isn't quite working out. You and you can join Matt Canada and the gallows underneath Death Valley. All right, and uh, you know, I this is the first week that I I'm actually joining the firing line. I'm not going to pull the trigger yet, but this is as close as as I've been so far to fire the coach. So check in next week. 
Let's see what LSU does. I think they're going to sneak away with a win, and everyone will be happy for a week, except for Fred, because he'll be mad that heads don't roll. (laughs) I actually, (laughs) I hope I'm wrong. That's the other thing that I I do want to add to this, is that I do hope I'm wrong. I'm not rooting to be right. I hope I'm wrong. Rather be pleasantly surprised than happy. I can admit that I'm wrong and be happy with that as long as there's a good result. Well, that's I'm what the pod's rooting, about. I'm you not rooting for the offensive coordinator to lose his fucking job. <laughs> right. Not re- rooting for Max Johnson to be terrible. That's not what I, I'm. I hope they get better. Objectively speaking, as an outsider, that's how I feel about their current state of affairs. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up. I hope that's as mad as we are this year. Again, like I said, we're gonna. There's a lot of teams that are gonna probably give us the business. But hopefully it won't be teams that we're supposed to beat the rest of the way. Uh, So thanks for bearing with us, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you guys. We want Bama.